the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you're writing on two stone tablets, God's law, what do you have to do? You have to engrave it in the stone. Now this is amazing because the work of the Holy Ghost is to take your hard heart as a tablet and stone and take the word of God and engrave it in your heart. We've called them sermonettes for Christianettes, and indeed there are many churches who would tickle our ears rather than soothe our heart with gospel grace or call it into challenge. Welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Second Timothy chapter 4, the Apostle Paul tells us that there are those who would bring about themselves, those who would preach to tickle their ears, to scratch the itch, to make them feel good. And yet we're called to preach the word a specific way so as to avoid spiritual flabbiness. The condemnation of that flabbiness is in question today. Please join us. Here's Pastor Jessica Stand with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. If you ever see someone walking around constantly scratching their ear, they're sick. They're sick. If you're constantly rubbing and scratching, there's a disease there. This is not just kind of a semi-automatic uh, anxiety thing you do. You got a problem with your ear. The itchy ear means there's something contaminating the ear, causing you to be distracted from the proper use of the ear to now focusing on the ear. You're scratching and digging and toiling. Are you hearing me? Have you ever had an ear scratch that just bothered you? Raise your hand if I got a few people. The rest of y'all are Martians. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But you go, you go, you know, this is bothering me. This is bothering me. Have you ever had an ear issue? Right. And what Paul is literally saying, he's not speaking in a way of just making you laugh, the itchy ear. No, go deeper than that. Your ear is diseased when all you're doing is focusing on the comfort of your ear, the comfort of your hearing. Your ear was not designed for you to focus on it. Your ear was designed for it to focus on God. And when men and women come to church with itching ears, the ear becomes their focus. The allegiance has changed from what they hear to how they hear. Are you hearing me? Watch the language, ladies and gentlemen. Watch the language. Here it is. One author says, the itching of the ear is a figure of speech that refers to people's desires, their felt needs are what they want. It is 
These desires that impel a person to believe whatever he wants to believe rather than the actual truth itself. When people have itching ears, they decide for themselves what is right and what is wrong, and they seek out others to support their notions. Itchy ears are concerned with what feels good or comfortable, not with the truth. After all, truth often is uncomfortable. Did you get that? Listen to this. The ear that is itching is desired to be massaged rather than hear a message. They want to hear sermons that charm them rather than challenge them, entertain them rather than edify them, please them rather than preach to them. Do you see the difference? Do you see the difference? Now, the difference is that you have taken a very good gift, in fact, a critical gift, and have turned it in on yourself. That gift of hearing was in order that you might hear from God. It was not for you to use as a mechanism to massage your ego or make you feel good or incline you to the passions and desires of your own lust, as the text said. Listen to it. But rather after their own what? Rather after their own what? He says they will not endure sound doctrine. They come up from under the weight. They let the weight drop. They don't want it. They come up from under the weight. They let it drop, and now they're looking for trainers that will tell them they're all right when they are sick, that will not let them know. You got a problem both in your head and your feet. You got a problem in your back and your shoulders. You got a problem in what you do and how you do it. You got a problem in where you go and what you eat. A real healthy physician and trainer is going to give you a thorough analysis of your problem and let you know that you are sick. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? This is why what they turn their ears away from in line one is sound doctrine. You see it? Sound doctrine. So I want to talk about that briefly. What is sound doctrine? It's a term that Paul used all through First and Second Timothy, because what he discovered is, is that people will go to the doctor, get advice, and won't do what the doctor says. Stay with me now, stay with me now. Y'all know that's the case. This doctor don't know what he's talking about. He, he put me on five pills. Now the doctor know you one heartbreak breath away from a heart attack, but you won't do what he says. Hear me now. When Paul uses sound doctrine, What he is saying is doctrine that actually brings about a healing in your body. It is literally the Greek word from which we get our English term. Are y'all ready? Hygiene. Hygiene. It's the word that Christ used in the Gospels when he said, your faith has made you what? Whole, healthy, complete. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have been talking about this in our Wednesday class. When God saves you, he saves you to heal you. He redeems you to heal you. Forgiveness of sins is to bring you into the way of healing. Healing of the soul. Healing of the mind. Healing of the body. Healing of the life. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? This is why the messianic ministry of Christ was affirmed wherever he went. By teaching, preaching, and what? Healing. Healing. Here's what Paul said. Men and women who do not endure sound doctrine do not get healed. They come and go from the place of the holy. 
having turned away their ears from the truth, and all they do is go away the same way they came, never entering in a pro- into a process of healing. Are y'all following me? Never entering into a process of healing. And why? This is the last thing I want to deal with, and I'll come back next time on this. Why is it that they end up tragically this way? Because they turn their ears away from the truth by which they might be healed. Now go back with me to Isaiah chapter 30, and let me show you how this works in a little bit more of a graphic exposition of the text in front of us. This is quite amazing, and we'll come back next time and deal with what Paul calls Timothy to do about this problem where people are given to entertainment, feel-good, me-centered messages versus really wanting to hear, hear from the God who can actually heal them. Now, when we look at Isaiah 30, please, verse 10, we're going to start right there, Isaiah 30, verse 10. When you hear the people 750 years before Timothy begin to deal with the same problems, God explains to us that they are rebellious children, lying children, children that will not what? Hear God's law. Whoa! You and I never want to be condemned by God for that. Would you please hear me? You don't want to be called a liar. Now, for God, a liar is a person who pretends to be something that they're not. And a liar is a hypocrite, an individual who has a form of godliness but denies the power thereof. God will call a man or a woman a liar, a person who raises their hand and prays to be heard of men rather than to be heard of God. They come to church to be seen by people rather than to hear from God. They are liars. Are you guys hearing me? They are liars. God is so intimately concerned with your attitude towards him that he constitutes the whole of your saving walk with him as true worship, being worship in spirit and in truth. Every other kind of worship is damnable. Do you hear what I'm saying? God is so serious about you making it that when you come to church and you sit in the pews, no matter how crowded it is, your heart is saying, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And when you come into the realm of the Spirit, there is no one around you but you and God. That's how the service should go. That's, and that then is only when you know you have worshiped God where God has spoken to you, has arrested you, cut the lights on in your house, walked you through the areas of your life, shows you that he is there with you, but he's there to clean up your mess, asking for you to affirm with him while he walks through your life. Say yes, say yes, it'll go well with your soul. When you say yes, don't deny me. I'm the word of truth. I'm the light of the world. I can't lie, fail, or change. I'll help you get over this. Simply walk with me. That's what fellowship is all about. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, and the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin when you walk in the light. That's what worship is about. A time for you to go on a journey in your heart with God and say, Lord, I'm hearing you. Help me have better hearing ears. Now, this is amazing. Now, this is amazing. What the people came to Isaiah in verse 10 said, saying to the seer, now the seer is the prophet like Samuel, said, don't see, 
I don't want you going to ask. Don't go pray to God and tell you, tell God to show you what you need to tell the people. It's the same as don't open the Bible up and preach. Are you hearing me? But now I want you to hear specifically what they say, because this is going to come home. Prophesy not unto us right things. I got 10 minutes with you. I want you to get this. Now, your Bible is English, and the translators tried to do the best they can. And I can actually preach an hour from here on this term. But I'm going to help you get the term. When they say, don't preach to us right things, as pulling up our first point will help us get, don't tell us the truth plainly and clearly. Don't tell us the truth plainly, clearly, with the narrowness that truth comes with, and don't make it binding on our conscience. Stay with me now. Look at how that, that language works. Don't be clear, preacher. Don't be plain, preacher. Don't say it in a way that's unvarnished. Please put some sugar in that medicine. Varnish the thing up so that it actually is attractive to my felt needs. Don't just say what God says. Don't lay out God's word so plain. Will you hear me? Don't make it so plain and so clear that I actually know where you're going. Woo. See, when teaching is done right, you can follow that preacher. And when you follow him, you actually can go ahead of him and know where he's taking you. That's what is called plain, clear preaching. And it puts you on a narrow way. It puts you on a narrow way. In other words, he doesn't preach with the kind of ambivalence and, and kind of uh, methodology that allows you out. He doesn't allow you exits. He keeps you on a highway and it doesn't have an exit. It only has an end. When you get on the highway with that preacher, he has you on the high and holy way of God's word and it ain't but one way. It's the straight way. It is a straight way and it's plain. It's plain. It's plain. Will you hear me now? It's plain. What that means is he doesn't smooth out the road. He doesn't smooth out the road. He makes sure you know where you're going. Can I unpack that? Pull up Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. This is going to begin to explain just briefly what it means for the preacher to be committed to preaching truth so plain that 10 minutes into his message, you know where he's going. So he can actually just say the doxology. As opposed to a lot of your wordsmiths and rhetoricians who know how to give you outs from every imperative in the Word of God, who know how to say yes and no at the same time, who knows how to smooth the road in a way that it becomes slippery. Are you hearing me? Here is what God said to Habakkuk, which he also said to Isaiah, which he also said to Moses. What I tell you, write it down. Stay with me now. I'm getting ready to really drop it on you. What I tell you, write it down. And what the prophet was supposed to do was to write it down on stone tablets. Stone tablets. Big placards. Are you hearing me? Write it on big placards. So, when anyone comes to the public center where the preacher preaches, which is the gate, they can read what he said and it's clear. Listen to what he says. And the Lord answered me and said, what? Write the vision and make it what? 
plain upon the tables. That literal Hebrew word means make it clear, make it distinctive, make it where the people can see it in big, bold letters. Big, bold letters. Big, bold letters. It is the idea of Nehemiah 8 when uh, Nehemiah, Ezra is preaching and all the priests are taking the word of God among the people of God and making it plain distinctively expounding the word of God in the hearing of the people up close so that they are impacted by that word. Here's what we're getting ready to talk about here. We're talking about how when the preaching is done right and the spirit of God is in it, the spirit of God is able to make the word plain to you. Plain enough, watch this now, for it to stick. Here's what I'm getting at. If you're writing on two stone tablets, God's law, what do you have to do? You have to engrave it in the stone. In other words, you have to press into the stone, carve into the stone, dig into the stone, press into the stone, drive into the stone, the indelible marks of the word of God. So that when it goes into the stone, the stone and the word become one. So that when a person comes to read it in the year 750 B.C. or in the year 2018, it's saying the same thing now that it was saying then because it was indelibly printed in the stone. Now, this is amazing because the work of the Holy Ghost is to take your hard heart as a tablet and stone and take the Word of God and engrave it in your heart. Engrave it in your heart. Engrave it in your heart. Only God has been good enough to you if you are a believer under New Covenant theology to take out the heart of stone and put in the heart of flesh and write with the pen of the Holy Ghost His law on your mind and your heart pressing into you, pressing into you, impacting your soul, impacting your mind, engraving his law on your soul, engraving it on your mind. So when you leave, you leave with the word. And when you go, you go with the word. It's in your soul. You can't get rid of it. The Holy Ghost penetrates your heart, penetrates your soul, and engraves the gospel upon your heart. Am I making some sense? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Are y'all hearing? Watch this now. But the people who are liars say, don't engrave it. Make it smooth. Hear me now. So when you write it on my heart through the ear gate of preaching, it never ever penetrates. So that any kind of wind of change or little water of life will wash that word away and it never retains. You can walk right out of this building and bump into somebody and the enemy pour water on your heart. And because it was simply smoothly put there, it disappears. Now you're back at a blank tablet stuck in your old carnal ways and you have never advanced in Christ. Am I making some sense? Am I making some sense? I love the way the language goes. The stones were to be washed, cleaned, so that the stones were white so that the lettering on it would be in contrast to the white stone so that it would be bold enough for people to see it from a long distance away. 
In other words, when we are preaching the Word of God, we are supposed to preach with the kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit that when men and women are hearing me preach, they are hearing God preach, and they're hearing God preach from the moment I open my mouth until I stop talking. It is clear, it is plain, it is narrow, and it's binding. That's the part. That's the problem. That's the part. That's the problem. See, people can endure any kind of preaching and any kind of preacher as long as you don't preach with authority. As long as you're not binding on the people. But you see, when Paul had told Timothy to preach the word, he used the term kerygma in the Greek, and it has to do with what an ambassador does when he goes on the behalf of a king to tell another kingdom, the king is coming. The ambassador has no right to say anything but what the king has said. Are y'all hearing me? Watch this now. And the ambassador represents the king. In other words, the authority of the king is in the mouth of the ambassador. Now, the people who have made allegiance to the king, when they hear the ambassador, guess what? They hear the king. They're not arguing with the ambassador. They're not wanting to hang the ambassador. They're not finding something wrong with the way the ambassador set forth the word. They have went past the ambassador to the king because the spirit of the king is in the ambassador's words. And the people of God know they have met with God that day. They have met with God that day. He says, make it plain upon tablets that he that readeth it may what? Do you see that? Who wonder what Habakkuk had to say? What? What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What did he do? He started running. What does that mean? The word of God impacted him. What did he do? He responded to that word. He responded to that word. And everybody watching him is watching him run. Why is he running? Because the word said the judgment is coming. Run for your life. Run for your life. And stupid religionists are watching true believers run for their life. Run past you. Run past you. And you go, ooh, where are they going? They're going to glory while you're going to hell because you won't even read the writing to let it impact your soul. That's the language there. And that's the burden that Paul put on Timothy. He put it on Timothy to preach the word as an ambassador. That the people of God, whether they hear it or not, because remember, Coram Deo, we're in the presence now. Christ could break the heavens and come on and just take us all, arrest us all. He could arrest every one of us in the house right now. And guess what? You're not going to be able to blame me. And I'm not going to be able to blame you. We're going to all have to deal with the Lord of glory himself. And we're going to have to answer the question, when I came to grace, when I came to grace, was the Lord there? Did the Lord speak through that word? Was Christ making plain to his people what he was calling them to do? Are you guys hearing me? Please understand that you and I have the greatest privilege in the world. And that privilege is to hear the gospel of the grace of God in Jesus Christ. But to do more than hear, receive that word so that it develops your character and moves you into that way by which you make your calling and election sure. Do you believe the word of God? Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you believe that he was a word made flesh? Do you believe that he dwelt among us in perfect obedience? Do you believe that when he died on the cross, he died as a sinner's substitute? So that when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one gets to the Father but by him. Do you believe that Christ is the exclusive way? 
Do you believe that the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is the only hope for glory? That you are saved only by faith, through grace, in Christ alone, apart from any works that you do. And that having been saved, you become the workmanship of God in Christ, created unto good works, because God saved you and left you here to glorify him, to bring glory to him, to build you up and make you beautiful with his beauty so you can draw and attract other sinners to Christ by the very glory of God that he placed in your heart when you heard the gospel with power. That'll conclude our time today here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan, the Ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. We thank you for spending time with us. Trust that as you do walk through God's Word with us, you're growing in grace, growing in your relationship with Christ and your love and adoration to Him. As we conclude our time together today, we would like to remind you that if today's broadcast was an impact to you, maybe it really blessed you, or maybe you've got a question or two that to listen to this program again would help out. Well, we have CDs available when you call or write to us, or if you wish, simply stop by our website and download the audio file from the website. Our web address is grace-bible.com. Rather simple. Again, grace-bible.com. Or contact us by phone at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, the address is 22768 Main Street. And that's here in Hayward. The zip code is 94541. Again, that's 22768. Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541 is the zip code. We ask for $5 per CD, or again, as mentioned, simply stop by our website and you can listen to the message in its entirety or download the MP3 version, grace-bible.com. One final note, we're inviting you to join us for worship. Sunday services are at 11 a.m. with Sunday school at 10 a.m. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study at 8 p.m. We'd love for you to stop by and join us for worship, especially if you're not involved in a fellowship at this time. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We have folks from all kinds of churches all over the Bay Area joining us at 8 p.m. It's a marvelous time of studying God's Word together as a company of believers. Again. For directions, simply go to grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.